So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome back to another episode of The Mac Rumor Show. My name is Dan, and my co-host we have here is Hartley. Uh, episode, what, 89, 91, 92, somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, today we are going to talk about – we're actually going to do some questions that we got from uh, from you out there that we put uh, on Twitter. But before we get into that, uh, today is the day where apparently in the U.S., the Apple Watch Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2 is going to be uh, kind of banned for uh, from being sold here in the U.S., uh, online, it's today, and then I guess in stores, Apple will stop selling them on December 24th, unless something uh, during this episode while we're recording it magically happens in which the patent dispute uh, gets, uh, I guess, there's a resolution for it. Um, yeah, Apple is being forced by, was it Massimo? Massimo? Yeah. Massimo? It's Italian, so I mean, like, we would call it, we'd call it Massimo, and we do one of these, but, uh, you know, Massimo is what I said for our our English and American brethrens over here. Uh, yeah, so that company is like, yo, you ripped off our our blood oxygen features, basically, is what they're saying. And uh, Apple's like, nope, no, we didn't. So there's <laughs> there's a dispute going on. That's the best way I could describe this whole thing. Um, Hartley, can you dive into more of, like, the specifics? But, it, I mean, it's basically the uh, the blood oxygen. You're getting your, uh, you know, the that's what it's called on the Apple Watch, right? Blood oxygen, that feature basically needing to remove that can it be done via software or do they like are they arguing like no the hardware is also a sticky point and so you can't sell it because it has this hardware in there as well i believe it can be rectified via a software update that removes the blood oxygen app and any functionality related to that um why that hasn't happened i don't know uh I maybe it isn't that simple. Maybe there is some that's what I was thinking to it that does involve the hardware, but right. I would expect that as long as they disable um, the feature, if it is the feature and not the hardware as such, um, or maybe this is something that Apple has uh, been a little bit blindsided by. I think possibly part of the reason why that hasn't happened isn't just because it leans toward hardware and not software, but also just because I don't think Apple thought that it would get that bad. Um, there are lots of options open to Apple, like Apple can look for a presidential veto, um, which would mean that the watches can continue to be on sale, even though supposedly they are in breach of patent. Um, that hasn't yet happened. It might happen, uh, but I think maybe Apple was hoping that, hoping that it might have happened just a little bit sooner. Um, the White House says it's it's monitoring the situation. You can read into that what you like. Uh, basically, doesn't mean well, anything. Yeah, also, apparently presidential vetoes on these bands um is pretty rare too so mm. i don't know that they will do anything and massimo is a much smaller company so it would not necessarily look that great uh if the white house steps in on the side of a massive multinational corporation for infringing on the patent of a very small company as well um i think that's part of the contention here i mean apple could just acquire massimo 
Uh, I was just gonna say, be. what 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 is the stopping them? Just give them a bunch of money and move on, right? But if Massimo wants to like, you know, stand up for the little guy, they could just keep making this a real big pain in the ass. So uh I don't know, man. I I think it has to be a little bit more than just a software thing, otherwise Apple would have just done it right i don't know how hard it is to implement a software update where it removes a feature my guess is it can't be that difficult but i'm uh you know just overlooking i'm sure a ton of ton of things uh or maybe apple's just like really standing by its convictions that it didn't do anything wrong and that you know if they did in fact so like one of the accusations was what that it poached employees um and trade secrets and stuff like so let's start let's let's look at the poaching of employees. Like that's not illegal. It would be illegal for the person uh if they signed an NDA or anything like that and went over to Apple and then shared the information, but that's directly tied towards one individual, right? Would that be Apple's issue if that person got hired and then that person decided to break an NDA? Like that's not Apple's problem, correct? I we need a lawyer, honestly, is what we need to jump in here, but what do you think, Carly? I think it's one of these situations where when we don't have all the details, uh, it's very hard to actually say um, exactly what is going on. I think the timing also hasn't helped um, because obviously Apple is gearing up for uh, the launch of Vision Pro, as I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, The holidays are closing in when everything seems to slow down. So I imagine this has really not come at a very good time. Um, And also Apple is such an aggressive negotiator. It's an extremely good negotiator. And I don't think it's used uh, to being in this sort of situation. I don't think it's used to being on the back foot um, like it is at the moment. So that also maybe has um, affected its response to this a little bit and has meant that it's not been quite as agile or prepared for this situation as perhaps it should have been. Yeah, I mean, if you wake up today and you're like, I'm going to order an Apple Watch. Actually, can you still do it? Is it today like it took place or today is the last day? Let's see. You can't check partly because you don't have this problem. Again, this is only for people in the U.S., uh, which I don't also understand that issue. Is that their patent only applies to the U.S.? Okay. So that's kind of (laughs) lame. So like wouldn't is there i'm completely i have no knowledge in patents is there no such thing as like a global patent or do they Uh, not file or do you have to file for different countries uh yeah i believe so or at least you can for they really various regions and uh, there are international agreements that recognize the patents of other countries but you know this is why you have specialist patent attorneys um yeah, so the, this company really messed up then if they didn't file a patent. Oh, they could have really made some damage if it was not just the U. I mean, the U.S. is obviously it's a huge market, but like if you take away all the other ones too. Okay, so uh, as of right now, I can still buy a Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2, I think. Uh, yeah, that just says buy. Uh, so I'm guessing it's tomorrow in theory, unless they've secretly worked out something that we don't know. Uh, but I guess tomorrow is when I would be able to not buy one, according to the information that's coming out here about it. Um, okay, so yeah, if you're listening to this, well, I guess when you listen to this, it'll be too late, in theory. Uh, or otherwise, this whole part of this podcast has become all for nothing. But yeah, we've <laughs> we've we've got articles up about it. If you want to read more, uh, I made a quick little video about it and echoing those sentiments from the articles. Um, but yeah, I mean, not a good not a good thing. Oh, I guess. 
Apple, this could be a great thing if everyone got the news and they have until today and in person on the 24th to go buy it and you were going to buy this as a gift and you haven't done it yet. Sales are just looking just skyrocketing right now just because people are so nervous. But also, one thing I do want to ask is that if this does actually become banned for a long period of time or indefinitely or if they have to remove that feature, what about the people that specifically went out and bought an Apple Watch to use for this feature? They wanted to monitor their oxygen levels or something um, on a regular basis. You know, what What could be the dispute there? Could Apple have to allow for some refunds, some long-term refunds or what? Or is it just kind of like, no, deal with it? I don't think it will get that bad. Um, I think that okay. this will be resolved in January yeah. at the latest. Um, and I think realistically, the, the features will probably be removed via a software update temporarily. They will then go back on sale and then Apple will... Um, settle this dispute and will actually acquire the rights to use this technology. Um, and those agreements are relatively straightforward to license that sort of technology. So um, I can see that happening relatively soon. Um, I don't think Apple wants to have uh, any more bad press, any more uh, nah. negative association through any of this. Um, and ultimately, it's not. it doesn't really matter. Even though the timing is not great just before the holidays, Apple Watch sales yeah. are quite low at the moment. The Series 9 and Ultra 2 have not been selling particularly well um, by all accounts, um, being such small upgrades. Um, the smartwatch space is slowing down. It's starting to look a bit, little bit more like um, the tablet market. So it's obviously not great, but it isn't like an iPhone. Uh, it's not like the iPhone sure. off sale. Man, could you imagine if the iPhones were being banned? Well, I wonder also, does this apply to like Apple cannot sell them, but like if they sold inventory to Amazon, Verizon, Best Buy, like all these people, are they required to not sell it? Or is that just like their own issue in which they'd have to take up a dispute with them? Um, you know, I don't know. So like in theory, if this does actually happen, I would be shocked if you couldn't find a Series 9 or an Ultra 2 somewhere else. You just probably can't get it from Apple themselves uh, starting tomorrow, I guess, if this happens. But, I mean, it's not a big deal, but, it, it you know, it's enough to, you know, whoever owns Massimo, Mr. Massimo, Mrs. Massimo, like, you all, you all should be in for some good money if, that, if this is the case. Uh, because you made it a dent and you've made them worry and there's a whole thing going on. So you're either going to get acquired or you're going to get licensing, which either way. Good for you. Congratulations. Hey guys, just want to let you know that this episode of the Mac Rumor Show is sponsored by Incogni. The U.S. has a big data privacy issue that you might not be aware of, and that's people search websites. These websites create detailed personal profiles on millions of Americans and then publish them online for anyone to see with just a simple Google search. People search can be abused by those with bad intentions. Incogni puts an end to this problem in just three easy steps. Step one, simply create an account. Step two, grant Incogni the right to work for you, and they will contact data brokers on your behalf and request the information to be removed. And then all you need to do is step three, which is kick back and watch them work their magic with progress updates on how things are going along the way. I've heard some pretty crazy stories about how people use these people search websites for malicious intent. Like a road rage incident gone bad could be a very real possibility where someone can look up your license plate number on a people search website and that'll include all of your personal data, maybe your phone number, perhaps even your address, and that person can easily come find you. This could happen to you. So if you want to get rid of your personal data, you should definitely check out Incogni. Incogni removing your data can also help cut down on those terrible robots 
robocalls since data brokers are mostly the ones selling your personal phone number to these companies that have these call lists. So take back your personal info and check out Incogni today. Use the code MACRUMORS at the description down below to get an exclusive 60% off an annual Incogni plan. Thanks, Incogni, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so we also reached out to people on Twitter and asked, uh, or on X, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, about, you know, ask us some questions. And we got a few questions here that uh, I'm going to read out loud and essentially ask Hartley, and then I'll I'll dive in with my own thoughts here and there. But um, yeah, so let's start with, uh, what do you want to start with? What product category? iPhone and iOS, iPad and Mac, HomePod, Vision Pro. You know, let's talk Vision Pro because that has actually been fresh on some news lately with Mark Gurman recently saying that, uh, you know, the thing that I want to read, <laughs> that uh, the Vision Pro now is like ahead of schedule. Instead of March, we're looking at a February launch. Joy, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, if, if you're wondering why I'm so upset about this, it's because it's that time of year where I try to plan a vacation with my family and some things happen that just can't go smoothly. And so we were hoping to go. Well, we have it booked. We're going regardless of whatever happens. I'll just either my wife's going to be mad that I'm going to have to make a video on the Vision Pro during my vacation or, uh, you know, there might not be some videos right away from me. Who knows? But it seems as if February is the the new target. And my hopes is that it comes uh, via a press release announcement, um, which which is strange. You know, German did say in his latest article that uh, there might not be a second event, which is actually the first question. So I'm sorry, I'm kind of hopping all over the place here. But the first question that we got was, do you think Apple could hold a second event for Vision Pro? Uh, this comes from Tech God. Uh, so he asked, just like what they did with the Apple Watch, it was announced in September of 2014, and a second event in March 2015 gave us more details about it. Do you think a second event could happen? And I, I honestly thought, yes, I was fully expecting another event. Uh, but now German said that there won't be a second event and that all of the extra details will just be highlighted via a press release um, when this happens. So first off, we'll start with that. Are you surprised that there won't be a second event? Or do you still think there could be and that uh, German's information might not be correct? I I suppose I am just quite surprised at that news. Um, yeah. I believe it. If Mark says it, I absolutely believe it. Um, Can't go against I Mark. Just, uh, I just am not sure why Apple wouldn't. Um, it seems like it's such an important product for them. And the concept of it is so hard to grasp um, compared to really anything that the company has unveiled for an extremely long time. And I don't know why uh, they wouldn't see fit to go over this again and refresh our memories. June was a long time ago when all of this was first unveiled. And there was a lot not only that, known at that time. Not only that, but now developers should be ready. There has to be a handful of apps out there from people that you work with that could be really cool to show off. Like, I don't want to see a refresh of the features again. That's I can just look at the product videos and stuff that you send out. And and then most people can, you know, I want to see the apps that we're not going to know about until those people get them handy. Unless they are, they are just going to release a bunch of separate video. I don't know. I mean, I just, if I don't see why you wouldn't do another event, make it a bigger deal again. But again, if this is not technically a mass, you know, market thing, which it it really isn't, judging by the price point and the name and and everything. Um, but still, it you should, it's still really important to get the everyday average consumer on board with this, see what it is, and then get them super hyped for 
the inevitable cheaper model that would be coming for the masses. The other possibility is that that does go ahead in February, but then we get an Apple event in March anyway with new iPads. And Apple kind of does it then, even though by then the device is already on sale. That's weird, but yeah, I mean, either way, I just feel like it's this is your first major new product category in forever. Uh, so why not really hype it up and make it a big deal? Um, and I know they'll have marketing efforts with it and everything, but like, there's nothing that screams hype than an Apple event. There's nothing that gets people out there talking more than an Apple event. I mean, it just it is what it is. You look at Twitter during an Apple event, and it's just tons of information and people tweeting about it and and being in the real. I don't know. I just feel like that's a missed opportunity if they don't do that. Um, Perhaps Apple's strategy is a little bit different for this product, though. Um, ostensibly, it looks that way, where maybe we'll get uh, more hype about this product with the second generation and with the lower cost yeah. model. But maybe Apple yeah. just kind of knows that this is pretty much just a almost like a test product. It's it's very high end. It's very niche. It is not going to be for everyone, even if Apple is presenting it as such. And so it it kind of doesn't need to really drum up much more hype than's already there because they aren't able to manufacture that many units. The units they have got, they're definitely going to be able to sell to those early adopters and people like you and I that might want to try it out. But that market's quite small. So who else are they really going to be attracting? Um, the, the kind of audience that tunes into an Apple event because they want to find out about the new iPhone because they, they probably will get the new iPhone is a, is a huge audience. But Vision yeah. Pro way smaller and maybe it's just not worth it um, and maybe they just think we'll we'll put this out there qu relatively quietly we'll let developers do their thing we'll let this ecosystem mature we'll let the supply chains mature and then when we've got that second generation or maybe even third generation that is when we are really going to push this and that is when you will yeah. get um all of those efforts that were kind of a little bit bemused as to why that doesn't look like that's going to be happening right now so then no second event so we're expecting just a random a random drop i guess in february hopefully early february apple for those of you listen i will i promise i will take it to my grave i will never say a single word to anyone not even you hartley sorry I, you got my you've got my word if you are an Apple employee, I'm going to get so many people that are going to pretend to be Apple employees. But you know what? It'll make me feel it'll make me feel better. If you want to give me the best Christmas present you could possibly give me, know that I am trying to take my family again to the most magical place on earth, but this time with hopefully no issues like there have been for us in the past. Just know that I would be so much more relaxed and less stressed if I could find out from someone reputable that it's not going to be during that week of the last week of february is all i'm asking just don't do it then and if you have information if you work at apple i won't say a word i promise just tell me the date or just tell me that it's not at the last week and then i'll be okay that's all i want to know that's all that's all i'm asking otherwise i'm going to be making a video in disney <laughs> with the vision pro actually it could be kind of nice because i'll be traveling on a plane with it I, I would have to be one of the first like I think people if it happens take you know roll with it take advantage of it 
Yeah, well, you know, my family ain't that cool. I mean, they're cool, but they're not that cool with me working on vacation. It's like the one time that I don't have to do work-related stuff, and I totally do not blame them about it. Like, when I say that they're not that cool, they're they're lovely people. They're just, you know, they want they want my attention for some reason. I have no idea why. I'm not that cool. They should just be happy that, you know, we're, we're going to be at the parks. But, like, I'm going to roll around with the Division Pro at the parks is what I'm going to do. So, yeah. Uh, we'll take it as a first real world opportunity to see what it's like in public, I guess, or yeah. on a just plane. To look on the bright side. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I just really want to have a few days where I don't have to do that stuff, you know? Um, but yeah, it is what it is, I guess. We'll figure it out. I think moving the trip is far more, uh, it's just not going to work. I don't know. And the worst thing is, of course, that I just mentioned this news, you know to my wife today and she was like yeah i wanted to go in march and we were specifically not going in march because we thought that was going to be the time in which this would happen <sighs> anyways sorry tech god there's not going to be a second event apparently which i didn't want to miss that i mean not that you know if i assumed if i was to be invited i don't want to have to miss that so like i guess that's a bright side but who knows uh all right sticking in vision pro we have another question from bert morris uh, and he said, what happens if the Apple Vision Pro becomes a failure? By this, I mean low adoption rate and low usage as people still prefer to use their Mac and iPhone instead of it. And I'm going to say that there is definitely going to be low adoption rate and low usage just because there's not going to be that many uh, out there to begin with. So, But that doesn't mean that it's a failure, right, Hartley? Would you agree? Yeah, so I don't think Apple sees this as a truly mass market product. Um, sure. I think it's way more experimental than first generation devices that we've seen before, like the first generation iPad, the first generation Apple Watch. This is completely different at the price point it's at. Um, and with the kind of functionality it offers, it is so different and so in its infancy. That, and there's just no way that everyone um, is going to be buying these things. No way. Um, no. And even even enthusiasts are going to consider whether it is worth that money. Um, because for that money, you can buy yourself a Mac and an iPhone and an iPad and some AirPods. Um, so I, I just can't see it happening. So, But I wouldn't consider that a failure. And I don't think Apple would consider it a failure because how Apple is measuring success with these products is different. With the iPhone, yes, it is just volume of sales um, year on year. But with Vision Pro... I think that they are seeing this as setting a foundation for 10 years time. And I think that they will judge whether Vision Pro is a success, not by this first generation, but by what they are able to build in 10 years time. And if in 10 years time, they have their AR glasses product, and no one is interested, the ecosystem isn't very good. Uh, and everyone is still sticking to their Mac and their iPhone 10 years from now, then okay, maybe we can concede that Vision Pro is a failure. But I don't think we're going to be able to call that for a very long time. Yeah, I agree. I um, I, I also just like going back to like how this whole thing's going to work. Like, it's obviously not meant for mass consumption when the uh, way you can order it is like going in for an appointment. Like Apple, can you imagine if you had to go in for an appointment for your iPhone, like no one, you'd be in line for hours. Like that's just not how it works. 
So, I mean, yeah, it's just, this is not going to be a mass market product right away. And um, like you said, it just doesn't mean it's a failure. It's, it's, it's a slow roll. It's a slow burn process here. Um, and ultimately, if in 10 years' time it is a failure um, and oh. none of these mixed reality products really take off, they always stay kind of gimmicky, if that happens, then I think we know what's going to happen. We're going to just stick with our Macs and our iPads and nothing really will change in that regard. We'll just stick with what we have. Um, but I'm pretty positive that long-term it is going to take off. I just think it's going to take a long time. Well, we'll be on what? Episode like 500, 1,000 by that time. Yeah. So <laughs> if you hear us still complaining, I'll be old, man. That'll be fun. Uh, I'll be even more ornery about things that I already am. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at... I'm looking at my screen here and I didn't see what the only non Apple question we got is what is your favorite type of cheese? And that really just threw me off because <laughs> I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the question again. And then I saw cheese at the bottom and I'm like, what? Uh, sorry. My attention span is all over the place. Well, I, if you want really to know your answer to that question. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Let's we'll, we'll jump around. We'll go back to, you know, no, no, no. We're going to answer that after this last question of vision pro. Okay. Um, and the last question comes from, I'm guessing their name is Kyle. I've never seen it spell with an H before. That's pretty sweet. Uh, I really like that spell. At Kyle Dean, uh, we hear about Vision Pro potentially succeeding the iPhone. What about the Mac? Could a Vision Pro-like device be the one device that's needed in the future? Uh, how long until the iPhone is no more in your views? Love the show. All the best. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's the point of this product is that it in theory, wants to be kind of the all-encompassing thing. I don't think it'll ever truly replace the Mac, right? I, I still feel like we're going to have computers for quite some time, but it just means that, well, maybe not. I, I honestly don't know. It's hard for me to sit here and like see a world where traditional computers and iPhones just don't exist anymore. But honestly, we're kind of getting to that point for some instances. Like my kid doesn't use a computer at school. He uses an iPad. A lot of people don't have personal computers anymore for themselves they have it for work so like that's where it needs to be that's the only area if we weren't working on our computers and everybody had a vision pro then i i guess yeah it can absolutely replace that but like you know think about think about a lot of people out there how many of you have your own personal macbook that you don't use for work related stuff you just use it to go online and do some things here that you couldn't do on your phone i would say the iPhone has kind of killed the personal computer. The iPad definitely has helped in killing having a personal computer for work, you know, different story again, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? I can see it happening. I can completely see it. You happening. can. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's more likely to replace the Mac um, for those sort of personal use cases in the immediate term. The iPhone is the harder one to replace because yeah. you need something that's way more mobile. And that's why maybe Vision Pro can replace a desktop computing experience um, in the next couple of years for certain workflows. Um, I mean, certainly if you you can kind of, I mean, you can, you can mirror a Mac screen into that space, which is kind of the same thing. If you eventually could do that without actually owning a separate Mac, then what's the difference? Um, but the iPhone, it would require some sort of lightweight AR glasses so that when you're out and about and you're wearing those glasses, um, you don't need to worry about having a tethered battery or something heavy no. or something that makes you feel kind of taken out of the moment. 
I think the same thing with the Mac, though, because, again, the only way, in my opinion, that you can truly kill off the Mac completely and where we don't need it is where for work uh, people no one wants to wear for eight hours plus a day a headset. That's just not possible. It's not going to work. It's going to rely on the AR glasses again, in which case then you can whip out a magic mouse and a folding keyboard I can see becoming a popular accessory then even more so. And just whip that out. That's that's in your bag now. You no longer have a laptop bag. You just have an accessories bag. Sit down at a coffee shop. You got your glasses on, and you're chilling, writing some stuff, doing whatever it is that you do for work. Uh, you're at the office where it's non-invasive and and it's you know just super lightweight and on your face. Like that's the only way I can see it. But no, I don't think this as it stands, the Vision Pro itself will be replacing anything, honestly. And I think that's pretty obvious. It's what could happen in the future. Um, then yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. I just, I still have a hard time imagining bringing that device as opposed to just whipping out a laptop and getting work done, you know? It's the ergonomics of it that are weird. I think yeah. so for the iPhone, because people who don't wear glasses, do they really want to wear glasses? Does everyone want to have something on their face all the time? So how subtle has that got to be? Um, and how long is it going to take before it is really subtle? I mean, at that point, it literally might take like 30 or 40 years. I, I honestly don't know. But I just gonna think have in some theory, it works, but it's going to take a long time. It's going to have some huge benefits for our development as humans, though. Like, think about the hunch that we do when we look at our phone and like, working and stuff like our backs will never be straighter for those for that generation of people when it does become the official norm because your head's straight you're looking at you don't have to bend down or do anything like your necks my neck kills just from doing all that stuff on a daily basis for you know many hours unfortunately um so i don't know uh all right what is your favorite type of cheese hartley this comes from sugar glide <laughs> sugar sugar glider dude at sugar glider dude what is your favorite type of cheese is this like a like a cheese account, an affiliate. Yeah, no, he's got some dogs that are very cute. This is That's a this it. is a this is probably the trickiest question I've actually had to are answer on the podcast. How know? much cheese do you, I mean? I, I cheese is terrible for my stomach, but I still eat it. Um, you see, I would say that really a lot of people would be lying if they said that cheddar wasn't their favorite cheese. I feel like that's okay. everyone's favorite cheese, but I think okay. it's a bit of a boring answer. So I'll give you my favorite non-cheddar cheese, which I think would be Red Leicester. Because, you know, what the it's a, hell it's a different is Red color. Leicester? You, you, need to, you need to read up on your cheeses, Dan. I think I just need to experience. You know what? And we have in America, we have American cheese, <laughs> which is not real cheese, I don't believe. Uh, <laughs> and And we have... We have cheddar and 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 provolone and Swiss and all of that, but like it's just like very. Ba I mean, there are stores that sell, you know, cheese, but in the basic grocery store, it's basically what kind of cheddar do you want? Do you want American cheese? Do you want Swiss? I don't like Swiss. It leaves a gross aftertaste. It's okay. Like I'll eat it if I have to, but I don't like it. Uh, cheddar's fine. I honestly like American cheese, which is sad because I don't think it's actual cheese. <laughs> no, it's it's. I think it's perfectly valid. I think the only place that, to me, American cheese belongs is in a burger. But yeah, a burger sandwiches. I I think on sandwiches it helps. Is uh, American cheese real cheese? Questionable, questionable. I think it is a nice processed crumbly cheese. cheese. <laughs> Something like a like a Wensleydale and a nice crusty. What? Loaf of in bread. The world went went Wensleydale cheese. What in the world is that? Okay, Hartley. If we end up seeing each other again this year, 
for any kind of retreat, you need to bring me all of these cheeses. And I will bring you a big old fat piece of American cheese. <laughs> like cheese in a the cow. way we like the way God intended. Um wait, you have American cheese there though, right? Yeah, but no or one no. really buys it. No one it. buys like, it. No, you shouldn't buy it. Do you want to know what American cheese is? It's a type of processed cheese, go figure, uh, made from cheddar, Colby, or other similar cheeses, which is fine, in, conjunct- in conjunction with sodium citrate. You know, if, if there's a chemical in there that is required to make your cheese, um, that's not good. That's not good cheese. It tastes good, though. But, uh, no, honestly, I like... Um, like queso, like nacho cheese. That's not real cheese either, I don't think. I mean, it is just no. melted cheese. But whatever restaurants use to make good nacho dip or cheese dip, ah, that's my favorite type. But if I had to pick like a real cheese, does Pepper Jack count? Is that a real cheese? I think okay. we're just punishing us for digressing. Talking about cheese too much? Right, I'm just going to take it up because you were frozen in that. I'm just going to take it up to what I said before I realized that you were not answering me and not talking to me. Oh, no. um, were you talking to me when I asked you? Did you I, hear I said his... This is the worst go. time. I'm, You know, I'm leaving this in there. This is the worst time to have technical difficulties because I'm here talking about different types of cheeses like a crazy person and you're not answering <laughs> me. <laughs> so I don't know what actually happened or came, like what what got caught in the real recording so that'll be fun for all of us to find out in real time listen this is probably the most interesting question somebody could have asked us honestly yeah we could spend i could spend tons of time on this but we won't we'll move on um so that was vision pro and what type of cheese is our favorite moving on to you know the home pod has one question let's let's mm. let's answer that okay um any chance of a new updated HomePod? I've wanting I've been wanting to switch from Echoes to HomePods because of the Apple TV integration, but I don't want to buy them now if they're going to be refreshed soon. Um, I'm going to say I have no idea. A HomePod is very elusive. It could come at any time. My guess is probably not anytime soon, but Hartley, do you know anything? I would hold off on buying HomePods for the time being. Oh, would be so Hartley's got decision. some inside inside info here i don't know about that we've not heard much about them but That's there why. are rumors of a home pod with a seven inch display oh yeah uh, definitely wait for display. that and that is su- the last we heard which was from ming chi kuo uh i believe it was the first half of next year um which is fairly soon um and with our yeah, devices but- as well I was just gonna say, but like you're probably gonna get multiple home pods. Like the original, like the normal home pod and the minis probably aren't getting anything drastic. And I think be like... the mini is is overdue an update. And I I mean the 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 standard home pod uh is probably still a safe buy in, in get, a like, lot of situations. If you don't care about the touchscreen, then I you're probably okay to well, buy that. My recommendation is why not both? Like you're probably gonna want some without a touchscreen and then one with a touchscreen in an area where it makes sense, right? So like Get a couple of home pods for your TV or something. Um, because you're not gonna want home pods with a screen for your like being your sound system for the Apple TV. If that's what they were talking about when it comes to Apple TV integration, my guess is that they wanted to use them as speakers, right? So buy two regular home pods now, and you can get into that ecosystem. And then when the one with the screen comes out, if that's something that interests you for like your kitchen or something or your bedroom, uh, then get that. But it, it will be a fairly small display, so we don't know we don't know necessarily if this will be positioned as a HomePod Max that will be even better for home theater. So yeah, it's seven it's inches of, isn't 
seven inches isn't that small. I mean, I don't want to go down that route. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I would say, uh, hold off, hold off on okay. the pod for the time I mean, being, especially the mini. The... Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have to say about that. We'll just move on to the next topic, which is uh, iPad and Mac. Our first question from what I assume is our only female listener, <laughs> or at least her profile had a female picture on it. Um, Taylor, why have MacBook Air accessories been so scarce? Which is a very good random question that I have not thought about. Hartley, why are MacBook Air accessories like what kind of accessories are we talking about here? Like cases and stuff? Well, like there really were uh, those leather sleeves, if you remember, for the MacBook mm. Air oh, right, right, right. a couple of years ago. Um, and I thought those were great. Um, I mean, I would have liked to have seen them iterated on a little bit like iPhone cases, but obviously Apple isn't making any leather accessories anymore. Uh, I think it fell out of love with those those cases a long time ago. They were really expensive. Um, they were a few hundred dollars, if I recall. Um, but whenever I saw them in the Apple store, I never had one. I always wanted one, but the leather felt great. Um, and maybe when Apple works out whatever it's doing with fine woven, maybe we will get some stuff like that. Because I think what? there is a gap in the market for some first party um, yeah. protection. Yeah, she's talking about MacBook Air. If she's talking about first party accessories, I guess maybe I haven't even really looked. Um, cause like accessories for Mac is kind of a broad thing. I feel like most of the accessories can probably fit unless you're talking about a very specific case or something. It could pretty much work with all of these machines. Um, so I'm trying to check out the accessories now. Um, you could get a studio display, Taylor. Why don't you do that? Be perfect. It, uh, works really, really well. With your MacBook Air, it's almost the same price as your MacBook Air too. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know how to answer that. I, I don't, I have a MacBook Air, but I don't use it full time, so I don't know what the accessories are like that. But yeah, we could use some new. Come on, Apple, get on the the train here. Let's stop neglecting your MacBook Air accessory business. Um, I will say, if you don't already have one, uh, definitely get uh, those USB C docks that go for them because super helpful. Because you're lacking ports on a MacBook Air for sure, so if you need it, highly recommend. But yeah, it'd be cool to see um, some cases for that. Was it? Uh, oh, who did it? <sighs> there was a company from Australia that I recently did a uh, video about. Um, they gave me for the MacBook the 14 and the 16 inch. It was like a leather sleeve that you put the MacBook in, but then also like when you get it out, it can like unfold into like a nice leather like desktop mat. And it was really cool. Um, and that is going to bother me because I can't offhand remember the name of the company, which is very sad, but I can find out. Um, let's move on. If I remember, I'll let you know. Uh, when will we get, well, oh, that was the wrong category. Let's see. Uh, do you think the landscape front cameras will be coming to the iPad Pro, Air, and Mini? Um, so, guessing for like Face ID, like what we have on, or no? Do we? We the only? Isn't there an iPad that has landscape cameras? Isn't that the the eleventh gen, or the tenth gen? Uh, the tenth gen, yes. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, why don't we have that on all? I that should be. That's a good question. Do you think it'll be coming to all iPads moving forward? Or does the uh, pencil in what do they say the pencil inductive charger prevent this? 
So I think that the Apple Pencil would have to be located somewhere else. Um, it's the iPad Pro that will tell us this um, next year, because if it is a complete redesign, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Apple has considered moving it, because especially with the 12.9-inch, um, uh, will be 13-inch iPad Pro, it does feel a little bit strange that that device is largely made to be docked in a keyboard accessory, um, especially with this new model that's going to have this supposedly more MacBook-like uh, keyboard accessory mm -hmm. with uh, an aluminium uh, top case. Um, so it should really have a camera that when you're on a FaceTime call, it doesn't constantly make you uh, look or, or, or sort of, it, it's getting you, it's capturing you from the wrong angle and it's not very flattering. Um, it really does need to be in the middle like it is on that entry-level iPad. Um, the fact that Apple has done that on the entry-level iPad would indicate to me that that is what they plan to do long-term. Uh, where the Apple Pencil goes, I don't know. Maybe the Apple Pencil does move to the side or it moves yeah. slightly along um, on the top. I think that it also isn't a given that the Apple Pencil would necessarily be located in the exact same place on every iPad because Apple has done some stuff like on the iPad mini where the volume buttons are on the top of the device to make space mm -hmm. for the Apple Pencil. So uh, Apple can definitely move all of these things like the inductive charger and the camera and uh, the volume buttons and the power button. I think it's perfectly willing to shift those things around. And if we're expecting redesigns next year of the iPad Pro, it definitely could do that. Could it go to the back? Because isn't the iPad Pro supposed to have uh, some sort of like charging on the back that we've taught, we've heard about for, you know, like your phone and stuff. Like, why couldn't it be the Apple Watch or the Apple Pencil? Uh, the Samsung Galaxy Tab S9 Ultra, I believe that's the full name. Uh, that has charging on the back. That's perfect, honestly. I I guess it's possible. Um, I think Apple likes the idea of um, being able to put it more or less flat on a surface. And I think it likes the ability that you can see the pencil to kind of just go and grab it. Um, so yeah. I don't know if that would be their first solution. I think they're more likely to move it, say, to the right-hand side of the device, move the USB-C port down toward the bottom so it, it feels a little bit more like a Mac. Um, and then you get a clear top bezel um, with maybe the power button located to the top right, and then you have the centered camera. That would make sense to me if I was doing it. Um, but I don't think it's a given that that would be the same for all sizes, especially not the iPad mini. I don't think there's a reason because most people who are using the iPad mini are using it um, in portrait, not in landscapes. So I don't think you need to move the camera for that. And where the pencil is so long, you can't put the pencil on the side of the iPad mini because it would be too long. And so therefore the camera would have to stay where it is. Um, so this next question actually kind of ties into it. It comes from Jay. JS9106, if you want to know his full uh, handle. <laughs> there have been rumors of the iPad getting wireless MagSafe charging uh, and the 11-inch getting a better screen. These rumors always come and go. Uh, do you think it'll make sense for a huge device to have slow wireless charging? And uh, if the 11-inch will skip mini-LED and go straight to OLED? Talking about the wireless charging, I just thought that was under the impression of what we were just talking about, right? The wireless charging was more of a passive thing for the other devices, not necessarily for charging the entire iPad just like as your main source, correct? Well, the latest rumors suggest that it will be that, that it will be something like MagSafe, um, that you no. can just throw a MagSafe puck onto the but, back of the iPad. But not as like the main source of charging, right? There'd still be a, 
USB-C well, port. You can, yeah, I mean, you can still use the yeah, USB-C yeah, yeah. port. Okay. It just provides you with another option. That would be terrible. Um, and I think that's the, that's the key here. Um, does it make sense uh, as, the, as the sole way to charge an iPad? No. Probably not. <laughs> does it make sense to offer that? Definitely. Um, sure. Because take something like the AirPods Pro. The AirPods Pro, you can charge um, via USB-C. You can use MagSafe. You can use Qi. Or you can use um, the Apple Watch charger. So you've got four charging options on a single device. So it means that whatever you've got available, if you're traveling, you forget to um, to bring a USB-C cable, but you've got an Apple Watch cable, or you've only got a MagSafe charger, um, whatever you've got available, or maybe uh, you're using your USB-C cable and you've got you you want to charge your AirPods, so you've got your Apple Watch charger and you can use that. It just mm -hmm. means you've got options, um, and that is really what this means for the iPad. Yes, it will be slow because MagSafe is uh, 15 watts. Uh, maximum, whereas I don't think that either of the iPad Pro models charge anything below 20 watts. So especially on the 12.9 inch or will be 13 inch, that will be slow, but it's just better than nothing. And if it helps you maintain that charge, or maybe it just charges really slowly, um, that's fine. Or a lot of people charge their devices overnight. You throw a MagSafe um, park onto the back of the iPad and leave it overnight and it will be fully charged. So uh, I think it's a nice feature to have. Um, I'm always happy to see more more charging solutions. Um, and then real quick, touching on that 11 inch model, I'm guessing it's going to go right to the OLED, right? Cause we're expecting OLED iPads this year. Yeah. Well, next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I'm all right. Buddy, I'm already in 2024. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have left this year and I am in 2024. I am not even looking back. Um, all right. One more question. This actually comes from Jay again. Uh, and this is for the iPhone. Um, he wanted to know if uh, there's the third-party app store on iOS was heavily rumored for iOS 17. Um, when can we expect that? So it should still be with iOS 17. Um, the reason for that is because you have to remember that even though we'll see iOS 18 uh, in June, in all likelihood at WWDC, it won't actually release until September. So iOS 17 is going to continue to be the latest version of iOS publicly available, um, or at least available en masse um, until September next year. That is a long time. Now, crucially, the EU, which has motivated um, this change, uh, designated the App Store as a gatekeeper, I believe, in September this year. So it may well be that we have already seen iOS 18 next year. And in those following months, that is when sideloading becomes available in Europe. Um, I wouldn't expect to really see it before June. I don't know when all of the legislation exactly kicks in, but I'm just saying it definitely can be quite late into uh, the uh, releases of iOS 17. And that's when I would be expecting it off the top of my head. But I might be forgetting some legal designation of when something comes into effect, but it should still There's be also iOS 17. There's also no guarantee that this comes to anywhere else but the people in the EU, correct? They don't have to. This isn't like the iPhone getting, you know, USB-C where it just makes sense to make it available for everyone. Um, why would they, if the US isn't mandating this and considering it a gatekeeper, quote unquote, well, there's no reason for them. That's software based. They could open that up for people out there and have it region locked and definitely keep it from us here in the US or anywhere else, so. But what is vital to remember with that is that 
often uh, this sort of antitrust legislation, it mirrors itself. The different regulators sure. in different countries look at each other. So if this happens in Europe, um, South Korea is going to look at that and think, we'll do that. Then the UK will look, Australia will look, um, a bunch of other countries will do this that are currently yeah. already scrutinizing Apple. And Apple has this sort of scrutiny in the US. I mean, look at the recent controversy with Beeper that we were talking about last week. Um, mm -hmm. That has already um, caused some concern among some politicians in the US um, about whether that is right of Apple to do that. And it's raised a side-loading debate again. So who knows um, whether ultimately this feature will be available in most countries around the world uh, where Apple is a pretty big player. Um, and then ultimately, US lawmakers just look at this and think, yeah, Apple, you should be offering this in the US. I don't necessarily think that but that is definitely something that could happen. All right. Anyways, uh, that is it. Uh, good questions. I think we should do this more. I kind of like the questions thing. If you guys want yeah. to do this again, let us know. Ask us more personal questions too. I, I, I really liked that. Maybe we'll do, you know what? Maybe we can put it out early for next week or the week after or whenever we have a slow period um, and do questions based off of your guys' Twitter questions again. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll do a personal episode only. I think that would be fun. If if you don't want to listen to that, then, you know, let us know and we won't do it. But, uh, yeah, all right, we'll catch everybody. Oh, happy holidays to those who celebrate. Have a great time. Be safe. Have fun with your family if that's something that you can manage to do. And uh, we will see you all in the next episode. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.